Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is, I get the date right, April 14th, 2020. Today, first baseball player joining us. And I'll, still, I'll, I'll consider you current. Uh, ben Greer from Washington Lee University. And my good friend as well, too. But more but for the, the context of this podcast, uh, baseball player first. And, and Ben, you know, I want to talk to you today because a lot of us have shared our experiences about like, how the season was ending for us. Me working at Sirius at the Big 12 channel in the middle of the Big 12 tournament. All of a sudden, one day we're playing hoops. The next morning, it's over. Um, and just kind of, you know, walk me through it because you, you were a senior at WNL. And not only was your schooling cut short, which, you know, is tough as it is, too, but your athletic career was. And that's not a story uncommon for a lot of kids right now. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Big, big fan of the show. Um, it was kind of, it was pretty surreal. Uh, I think kind of the first school to suspend their spring athletics uh, was Amherst. And so I was just on Twitter kind of reading some of these tweets from their players being like, and they hadn't even started their season. A lot of the, the D3 schools up north right. didn't even get to play a game uh, because of weather and, and such. So, so yeah, I was re- just reading some Amherst players' tweets about how, yeah, they were expecting to have their first game on Wednesday and, and now they weren't going to play. And I was, at that point, it still felt like, okay, like this would really be the worst, but it doesn't feel like it's that prominent for us. I, I think we're pretty low risk at this point. I think that was over the weekend. Um, and then we had, we had a game on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was like around March 10th-ish. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was the that was that central date that where everything really stopped. Yeah, so we had we had a game versus uh, Bridgewater Bridgewater mm-hmm. Eagles that day, mm-hmm. and kind of knew that you know some of the dominoes were starting to fall, and so kind of went into that game thinking, okay, not definitely, but there's a realistic chance this is my last baseball game ever, which mm-hmm. is pretty insane to think about. That a week ago we were uh, still thinking about the whole season, and now this could be it, um, and so. Went into that game and with that mentality, which I think helped me a little bit, kind of realizing, okay, this could be it. Like, hopefully it's, you know, try to kind of treat it like your last game. Mm-hmm. Um, the game itself wasn't, was a pretty pure D3 baseball game, given that <laughs> we, the final score was 14-8. Um, shootout, love it. Yeah, good old-fashioned shootout at Captain Dick Smith Field in Lexington. <laughs> um, best part was the eight of the 14 runs that we gave up were unearned. That's beautiful D3 baseball. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was fun. That was fun. But, wow. you know, I got, I got to pitch in that game, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, had some personal success, at least. And, mm-hmm. and so that was good. And, you know, after the game, obviously the game itself didn't go as we wanted, but still kind of felt that, okay, like if that was the last game, um, then, you know, I, I can deal with that. You know, I kind of got that closure, knew going in it could be. And I take it to about 24 hours later, Thursday night, um, we get basically email that all athletics are being suspended mm-hmm. um, at least till, I think the date was April 14th, so um, today. Right. Uh, and so everything was going to be suspended till then at least. And then 24 hours later on that Friday, uh, that Friday night, we got an email from uh, the president of WNL saying that the school was going to go online and and that athletic spring sports mm-hmm. were canceled. Um, and I think it was maybe a day later where, or sometime around then when the NCAA shut down all um, spring postseason. And so kind of had, kind of expected that going into those couple of days and, you know, getting the final news wasn't shocking, uh, but 
but it was all pretty surreal, you know, how things can yeah. change in a week and how, yeah, we were off to a really good start um, at, at WNL. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it'd been a tough couple past years. And so we were off to a 10 and four start. I um, was really excited about the way that the season yeah. was heading. And so, you know, to kind of get that taken away from us is, is tough. And I, but I also recognize, you know, it's what, what people are dealing with across right. the country, which is, which is what's so, so crazy. You see so many stories are just the senior years cut short and it, it, it's tough and it's tough to be a part of that. And I feel lucky at least that, you know, I got to play in my last game and got right. that, that kind of positive note to end on. And whereas there's seniors who, like I mentioned, seniors for some of these schools up North who didn't get to play a game this year and mm-hmm. didn't have a senior year at all. And, and players on my team, you know, who didn't get that sort of that closure. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was all, all pretty surreal. Um, and, you know, I, not a day really goes by at this point still where um, don't wish that. that we're out there and you know, mm-hmm. check the schedule and see where we'd be today. Be in the, the middle of rural Virginia, no better place, maybe a, a road game at Eastern Mennonite, something like that. But <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, at least we, you know, we can crown ourselves co co-national champions. That's, there you go. Take what you can get. A bunch of other schools. I, I, when the first thing that was really interesting, Ryan Leaf, Sirius XM, you know, he said something that was really intriguing to me. He's like, I think, a lot of athletes should talk to somebody because, you know, we look across the board and he was quarterback at Washington state when they made the Rose bowl and something that a lot of people at that time never thought would happen. He's like, I could never imagine if you just took the Rose bowl away from me. And it's like, it's, it's not, somebody didn't lose their life, obviously like in, you know, in the immediate circumstance, but you, you pour a lot of your work into this. And at the D three level, it's a lot, you know, last, last time guys are playing the sport last run for them. And, um, you know, you look in a lot of places, like people pour everything this, you know, it's, it's the, your childhood game and it's cut short like that. And, you know, his point that there's nothing you can prepare for because there's nobody you can yell at, you know, there's nobody you can be upset with. Um, and you know, it's not like there's a team around you of guys to uplift you because there's no locker room anymore. That's, that was taken from you as well too. It's not like an injury where you get surgery you know, you've been hurt before, but you can't just get surgery and come back to. And uh, you know, have you been, ta- I'm, you know, not saying you're upset or whatever, but have you been talking to people? How have you been handling this? Because I think that athlete perspective for a lot of people, you know, at this age, at, at the, you know, in that 20 to 18 to 22 year old range, that camaraderie, you know, those college teams are really close. Um, have you been talking to anybody you know, about it, about your experience? Um, what have your feelings been? You know, if you don't mind sharing that stuff with us, like, let us know how you've been coping with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you hit a, a key point, you know, with I, the thought across my mind, you know, what if, uh, what if this, even before the season, you know, what if my senior year gets cut short due to injury? What if I get hurt? What if I miss out on it? And I think there's that kind of solace in knowing that, okay, even if that happens, worst case scenario, that you'd think worst case scenario, like you still get to be around the team, you know, you, you still right. get to be around it and, and be around these guys that, that, that you work so hard with. And, and so I think that was, you know, that's something you can deal with. And, and obviously as someone who has poured a lot into this game, um, since the time I was five years old, you know, I, I knew when my senior year ended, I was going to be upset, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how it ended, like not being able to, to play baseball anymore was going to upset me regardless of when it happened. But I think just the, just the, the main feeling I felt wasn't ready, you know, and I, would I have ever been ready to stop? Um, my elbow might say yes, but the rest of me would say no, but right. You know, it, it's just the kind of how fast everything happened that is, I think, so hard. And it's still, I'm still processing it all. You know, I'd mm-hmm. still clean out my car the other day and, and 
seeing my glove in there and you know it makes you it, it, it's upsetting it, it's yeah. upsetting to to realize you're not gonna to step on that field again especially you know this is it's been a kind of a wild four years at at WNL um I've mean, had a, a couple different coaches and you know my, my freshman year we had a lot of success past couple mm-hmm. years have been down and you know there was so much build up for this year so much excitement um and we got off to the start we thought we could get off to and so mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of that feeling of, of what if, you know, that, that feeling of what, what could have been if the, the season had carried on and, mm-hmm. and what could we have accomplished that I think is hard and might never really go away. Um, I think the biggest thing with that, too, I, I've just been trying to remind myself that, you know, it's, it's awesome that I got to play right. college baseball, you know, right. and I think that's that's how I find that's how I've been getting through it more than anything um, is that I'm truly just thankful for right. even this season, the start of this season. Like it was uh, a great start of the season. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, and the, this team that I got to be a part of from freshman year on, you know, it's, it was a, a really special group and uh, I'm, I'm thankful to have been a part of it and have gotten to, to play college baseball. And, you know, I think back to even the, the high school days is right at, at collegiate, you know, how, how I guess different senior years can end. I mean, obviously my well, senior year, you know, I, I actually wanted to bring this out. Let me cut you off, but like, you know, because I wanted to talk to you about like how it ended. Like, you never got to see it to the end. You know, when I was a senior, you and I went to high school together. We had a team that went to the state championship and actually lost to a phenomenal pitcher in Zach Hess, who we're going to see in the big leagues eventually someday. Not too shabby. And, yeah, not too shabby. But I remember, you know, on a bus ride on the way home, like that moment of us all just being silent and, and there's a lot of sadness. But at the same time, too, I was I was so grateful for that moment because that group had come so far together and. It's not just about like what could have been in terms of like, winning, you know. It's like like what like those are moments that shape you as a person because that was the end of that ride for that group. That I mean, was just it, like we hit, you know, we hit our peak. That was our ceiling, and the things didn't break that way in a, in a close game. But you guys were robbed of like that potential, and you and I both experienced that moment of the team being together, everybody quiet, but anybody felt like, you know, proud of what they accomplished, sad about how it ended, but happy that they were able to see it through to the end. And it's not about winning or losing. It's about the fact that you didn't get to see it through. That's what, that's what bothers me just about being in a fan for this college basketball season. I know you're a fan too, but like, is that what bothers you the most? Yeah, I would definitely, definitely say so. You mentioned that, that high school, yeah, that my junior year of high school, you know, we come right. up, come up short to, to Zach Hess and Liberty yeah. Christian and company. And, um, and yeah, there is that feeling, you know, obviously it's, it's sad. It's heartbreaking to, to come up just short um, of, of a championship. But, but you, you, at the end of the day, you look back at that and you, you think, you know, we faced an incredible, maybe the best player in the state. Right. Um, and we did everything we could and we got to see, we got to see where we could go. And, you know, my, take it to my senior year where, where we are able to win that state championship, you know, and it's, it's such a amazing feeling to, to see it through and, and follow through on what didn't happen the previous year. And then I think, it's a little different looking at what happened in college for me, but you know, these first, we were uh, one run shy of making it to the um, division three tournament for baseball my freshman year. You know, we went into the championship of the, of the ODAX and we had to beat Roanoke once they had to beat us twice and they beat us twice. And so that was heartbreaking as a freshman. And then, my sophomore and junior years, we have these down years. We have these years where we don't even make the tournament. And it kind of felt this trajectory to our senior year where, okay, like we, 
we were almost there our freshman year. We've rebuilt. We know what it takes, and we're going to get there. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to see this through. We're going to finish what we started, and and we didn't get the chance. You know, and that's mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like not being able to to see it through, and not being able to see. I hesitate to say not be able to see how much we grew as a, mm-hmm. as a group, especially no, in my class, because I think we did see how much we grew, but we didn't get to see where that growth could take us. Um, right. And I think just talking to the other guys in my class, especially, uh, that's kind of what, what feels the most frustrating and most disappointing right. is that we got robbed of, of just seeing where, where it all could take us. But I think we still, we still are confident in what we did and confident right. and, and we did enough to get there, but um, but it's just frustrating to not see where that, that could lead for sure. I think, yeah. And the, and the one thing is, you know, as fans now too, of, of sports, I, I, in a more positive note, I can't wait to see kind of the outpouring, the happiness of people that like sports means so much to so many people. And I think all in, in this time, day and age, we're like, you know, this moment in time where we're mentioning the terms essential business and that's kind of what qualifies and, uh, you know, obviously a big conversation about WWE and whether they're essential business and, and Florida is playing out right now. You know, I think when we see it back, like we're going to see how essential sports, not as a business is, but as a just a part of our like our experience as people. I mean, this is, you know, I, like my heart just goes out to you, Ben. And, you know, to think like I think about people like and I've kept mentioning this a bunch, but Yudoka Azabuki, who you know, somebody at Kansas who left his family in a different continent to go to the University of Kansas to play basketball and to have, you know, that part of his life, that journey cut short. Sabrina Ionescu from Oregon is going to move to the number one player in the WNBA draft last year and, you know, comes back to Oregon to, for, to win a championship. It gets, it gets taken away. And to see those types of people be able to just play baseball or play their sport again, to see, you know, to our feeling to be able to go back to a game, to be with our friends – to, to whatever it is so we can enjoy it. I am over the moon excited and I think sports are going to come back better than ever in, in the sense of how we feel about it and like what it means to us because we forget how much of a part of it, like of our daily lives it is. And I think baseball fans know that better than anybody else because of, you know, like your involvement right now as a Cubs fan, I'm sure you're used to this time of year, the last three years you got used to be able to play the game and be able to watch your Cubs, watch whatever baseball you you know you wanted to watch, and you, you got to fill your spring with a sport you love. And you know it's it sucks that it's gone, but like I think we're all going to take for granted. It's I mean, I'm I'm like excited to see how emotional it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know as a, a diehard basketball and baseball fan, it's um, and, and golf for that matter. You know this time yeah. of year has been tough. The past few weeks have been tough, given the timing of it all, and given that this is peak. Peak sports time. You know, is. This is, is March Madness. It's the Masters. It's the start of baseball. It's NBA playoffs as a as a Bucks NHL fan. playoffs. Yeah, it's the it is the buzz. It's the busiest time of the sports calendar. Yeah, and it's it's a, a sports fan's dream. And yeah. you know, I think that the extreme, like if it, say this is happening in the middle of the summer, sure, baseball fans are upset and it, it's hard in that way. But it's still it's different because of just how many different leagues and sports are affected this time of year. Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah, I think you're you're spot on. I think when sports come. I mean, you see people more excited than they should be about watching current and former NBA players play horse right now. Yeah. Uh, and it was poorly done, but, uh, but, At but least they're trying, but they're trying. And, yeah. um, you know, I think you just see the excitement, which would have had excitement around anyways, but excitement about around the Jordan documentary, mm-hmm. um, that that's coming out Sunday, part one's coming out Sunday. And so I just think it's when sports come back, it's going to be 
it's going to be incredible. And there's going to be a, a new appreciation for Royals Tigers at 2 p.m. on, on a Saturday oh, afternoon. Or whatever it is. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's going to be a new appreciation for, for that type of thing for just right. any, any sort of sports. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, it, it's, it's hard. And I think a lot of, you know, people who care so much about sports, obviously it's, it's twofold. And as someone who, yeah, have can't escape from not being able to play sports anymore and, and can't even watch it. It's, it's definitely very, very difficult. Um, but, but I think the, the biggest thing is just, you know, trying to, to stay optimistic and, right. and, and grateful. And, you know, it's, it's funny too, just, you know, you miss out on, or you miss kind of the, the little things of, of being an athlete right now. I think all athletes, all, especially very relatable D3 athletes can, right. can say, you know, right. I never thought I would miss a gross three hour bus ride. And, uh, and you do right now, you don't, you know, I, I currently miss being in a hotel room as our games rained out and eating a, a cold sub and just being with my teammates. You know, it's yeah. it's the the D3 lifestyle that yeah. you certainly don't appreciate in the moment. But um, once it's gone, you you definitely miss it. And so I think it's the little things like that, that, you know, both athletes who are lucky enough to return next year and, and continue to play um, and to sports fans. You know, I think the, the little things are going to be right. all the more prominent um, and all the more appreciated. We want to thank Postmates for supporting the Locked On Nationals podcast. Had a really nice afternoon on Easter Sunday. I hope everybody else did as well, too. Sat back on my couch, rewatched Tigers' 2019 Masters victory with a, a nice cold a cold beverage in my hand, and that is courtesy of Postmates. I was able to Postmates some alcohol. Did not want to miss any of the round. I was on my couch, dialed in. Uh, Postmates delivered in a fat, you know, fast and fine manner. I had my, my brewski ready for the back nine. And if you're anything like me, you're probably thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and whatever else I can think of, too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. No more late-night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery, guys. That means, guys and gals, that means that we're going to be uh, once you download it. It's an entire week of basically you're not going to be paying any money for the delivery fee at all. And it's with no minimum purchase either. So your, your delivery, your order can be as small or large as you, as you want it to be. For your first seven days, when you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. I want to get your thoughts on some of the actual baseball stuff that's being proposed, that's, that's changing, because I think there's two conversations happening right now about the Major League Baseball returning. One is a conversation about what happens, the format of the season, why? Well, actually, I think there's three separate ones. There's the conversation about how do we keep the players safe, and that's a whole uh, its own conversation you know i think in terms of getting the players together in the same spot there's keeping them safe and there's the actual game itself which we've heard all about you know um the the robot umpires which we have not they've not been tested enough to work yet um we have heard about seven inning double headers which there'd be a lot of obviously for tv contract reasons to, to fulfill that number of games and we've heard about the social distancing, in, and, I'm, and this is the one that, gets all, that makes me 
not the most angry, but it's just like, don't bring this up because this would never happen. Like, if baseball players are going to be there, they're not going to be in the stands, you know, sitting. <laughs> like, you, you, I mean, just it wouldn't happen. It's just, it's not, it's not possible. And because baseball is like, it's like a, by nature, the way the game is played, it's a talking game. You, you know, you're conversing with players in the, in, on a dugout, you know, under these auspices, you'd have somebody, you know, who faced you trying to go back to the dugout after striking out, maybe trying, the next guy's coming up. He's got to inform his teammate what he just saw from you. And now he, hey, hey, <laughs> look for the slider, you know, and two strike, whatever it is. You know, he's got to yell at him, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you know, he can't, you can't share that information. Guys can't chat it up on the dugout. I mean, this, that would not work at all, would it? No, I think the, in my opinion, when you, when you look at this sort of extreme scenario um, of, you know, quarantining baseball to make baseball happen, and, and you mentioned all the, the little things like the, the seven-inning doubleheaders, again, relatable D3 content, but I, I think that, that that aspect of it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I, I get you want to take the social distancing precautions, but yeah, you, you're not going to have players in the stands six feet apart. You're not that takes away one. It just they're they're still going to interact. You know, they're still like you players are going to they're going to be plays at the plate. You they're know, there's going to be like they're they're right. going to still play the game. Um, and so I think that there's I think that going to that extent, if you're going to have them in sort of this quarantine bubble to play, I don't think some of the details within that makes sense. I think I think there's whole actually you know I might my might be a retired athlete, but I'm still a Zoom student right now. Yes. Um, I actually gave a, a media ethics presentation a few last week on kind of the ethics of this proposal. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's so, that sticks out to me that is so fascinating and complex is keeping these players away from their families for, right. for months. Um, and, you know, I was watching an interview with Jeff Passan um, on, on Twitter and, you know, he, Mike Trout's wife is due to give birth in August. You know, yeah. is he allowed to leave? Is he mm-hmm. then allowed to come back? Does he have to quarantine to come back? What are all those steps? Say there's a family emergency, you know, a player needs to leave. There's just so many layers to it that I find so complex and will be tough to pull off. But um, but I think, yeah, a lot of the intricacies of it still need to be figured out within it if they do make the effort to to, to pull it off. But I just think there are so many so many questions still and so many things that we don't know. And, uh, and again, I think there's another, you know, ethical dilemma here in the, in terms of, you know, you got obviously got to get all these players tested and you got to right. get all these players, make sure their, their tests come back negative. And, you know, are you going to get this bulk testing when so many Americans are struggling to, to get these tests? So I think it's, right. it's complex in that way. And a, a third piece of it that I think is just fascinating, obviously, you know, it's players get injured. And they've talked about carrying expanded rosters into the spring, but it's Arizona. It's going to be very hot. Yes. Players get injured. Say you run out of, like, are you going to bring in new players who there won't be minor league stuff happening? So right. how do you pull that off? You know, I think it's, I think that's a, another fascinating layer that hopefully if it happened, it wouldn't get to, but if you have a right. lot of players who get injured and, and you have to bring, you don't have enough people to really compete and you're running low in your bullpen. Like, what do you, what do you do then? I think one interesting thing is like the, the, the family thing too, is at what point does it like, is it, is it, it almost, it's almost like a social experiment. Like what if we put all these guys together away from their families? Like, like this is kind of a social experiment where it's, you know, hunger games type stuff where you're putting people in this biodome and you're having these events. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's stranger than fiction. And 
there's going to be some consequences. And like the Nationals, the I, to this day, they're the oldest team in baseball. You know what I mean? It's the, one of the older teams in baseball, and a lot of family guys on that team. <laughs> and um, I can't imagine too many of them would love the idea of being away from their families. And I know a lot. You know, some guys are willing to make that sacrifice. And but like you said, I mean, missing the birth of your child. You know, to what I mean for Mike Trout, like. I mean, he's got the leverage to do it. So if Mike Trout came out and said today, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm not going to, no, thank you. Um, yeah. That could throw a big wrench in it. And so I think the one thing that I can say, making that point is that the players do have a lot of leverage in this. And I know there's a lot of guys who are athletes and you're going to get a lot of, those guys, the most dangerous group is the guy in the, the guys in the mid twenties who are single, like, you know, probably single or whatever, the younger guys who are like, fire me up. I want to get out there and get playing. And I understand that. I totally yeah. understand that. But you know, there's, I, there's so many situations and, running through all of them is, is just difficult. And I think the ones that you brought up are just the few that, that are the most immediate, right? It's like, look, everybody's playing has got to be there. You know, we can't yeah. bring in other guys, you know, you know, we can't just bring in other dudes. Um, trends actually to say, how does it adjust the league? I, I think basketball is much more apt to come back because the teams are smaller. If NBA were to come back, they would have, obviously it wouldn't be all 32 teams. And there would be an end, right? I mean, you're going to have – it's basically going to be like we got seven weeks and we're going to bring back 16 teams. They're going to play five-game series. And you lose, you're going to go home. You're not a problem anymore. So, you know, yeah. your, your number of people to protect dwindles. Baseball, I mean, you're just starting out. And so it's – you're in a much different position. And that's why I think of everything – I've kind of been preaching the two Ps of pre- patience and preparation, right? Have that plan in place. Be adjusting on the fly as each day, you know, happens – Okay, you know, if we wanted to do 81, now we have to go to whatever it is. I think Major League Baseball should be committed to having a season, no matter how long or short it is. That's my personal belief. I don't think like 81 games is like, you know, a point where I'm like, no. And I bring it up, I'll keep bringing this up. We, when the Heat won the finals in the shortened season, nobody remembers the season was short. Nobody does. I'm not going to be like, that's half a World Series championship. No, nobody's going to do that. If everybody is given us fair shot and they all compete and we get ourselves a winner, nobody's going to be upset about it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're going to remember the oddness of it. But if the Lakers won the NBA championship, we wouldn't be like, well, that was a shortened season. No. No, like, you know, like, the Lakers wouldn't be a playoff team. Like, you know, it's, and not like, you know, the eight seeds are being robbed and, you know, the, the, whatever. Baseball is in a different position now, right? I mean, they're, they're just, they're at the beginning of their season. And I know all of their money comes from TV rights. And that's why this is such an odd, that's why the, we're getting the 14 inning, you know, two doubleheaders in a, or a doubleheader in a day thing. It's just they're they have to understand that they're probably in the worst position to start back out of all the leagues. Like they are sure. in the, by far the worst position to return out of all sports. I would say football. Football's got. A, I mean, they're lucky because they have you know stuff coming up like like their season is start well. But I mean, spring practices they miss. Yeah. So they're in a bad spot too. But baseball is right at the precipice of starting their season, and I mean they are just so shit out of luck and. I don't know what the answer is. Like the more and more I think about it, think about it, the more I just don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I think that's what's so. And you mentioned it. Like I, I brought up three things, and you brought up a couple others. But there's just so many factors that we haven't even touched on, and and there's so many layers to this that make it almost impossible to find a a good solution. And they're trying to find a solution. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're in a, a horrible spot given the expectations, the the volume of of games, and and just what everyone expects and wants. And um, it's just a very, very difficult situation that, that baseball finds itself in. And I think, you, again, you, you kind of hit, hit the, 
main point. And, you know, there was so much talk that they were going to try to come back early in May and start up that you don't, you don't need to rush it. And obviously you want to get in as much as you can, but if you rush it and then things get worse, um, it's not worth it. So I think the patience is key. And um, I think it'll be, also, you know, just another, just as so many things pop into your head, you know, yeah. you got to have a system where you can trust that the players aren't going to go outside of the, the quarantine too. Cause it just takes right. one stupid 22 year old to, to leave his hotel. I'm and, not even 22 year old, you know, the fact, like John Jones the other day got arrested and he told the police officer, I was going stir crazy yeah. and got arrested for drunk driving. And like, you know, I'm not saying that would happen, but I mean, I could totally see that happen. Plus, yeah. Stress, athletics are stressful. It's a stressful, yeah. stressful job. And also coming back to a lot of people are going to have a lot of their emotions riding on sports more on than they already do because it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be an, an escape in a lot of ways. So, you know, it's, it's, can you trust these players? You know, they're so yeah. used to be, especially as professional athletes who make a lot of money, they're not used to being told what to do. Yeah. You know, and you, not- you mentioned that the, the stress of sports, and you got to imagine for so many of these players, especially the veteran players, you know, that, that kind of saving grace is after a stressful day, after a horrible day of baseball, right. you're coming home to your family. You know, you get to see your kids and now you're coming back to a hotel room and that's a, just a completely different, yeah, completely different monster too. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, if you had over, over four day or you had <laughs> bad pitching outing, it's like, at least I get to see my son. Nope. You get to go nope. back to the hotel room and be lonely. I mean, you know, and yeah, it's, it's a bizarre, a bizarre situation. I mean, now in the actual baseball itself, what was like, what were you most looking forward to from the professional baseball season this year? Because I was just look, I was looking forward to watching Astros games was my number one thing. Yeah, I think that was a uh, Astros players can, can breathe a little easy right now. Uh, uh, yeah, so them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was excited for a lot, man. I think that there were so many different different storylines to look at this year. As you, know, you mentioned, I'm a big Cubs fan, and and I think the NL Central this year is going to be fascinating. I think besides the Pirates, really, I think every team in the Central had a chance to win the division and I, but I don't think any of them had a chance at the wild card, mm-hmm. um, which kind of okay. makes it even more fun. You know, I think that the, the reds are obviously much improved. I think there's a little bit of overhype around them. Um, I think as a Cubs fan, I'm paranoid. So the Cardinals, you know, they have good pitching and on paper, they might not be phenomenal, but they're always going to be around because they're annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think the Brewers would be taking steps back really do enough to, to to bolster their roster but again they're just always find a way to to stick around um you know i think it's a it's a cubs team too who was i was just excited to see what they would be able to do under david ross and under this new leadership um because obviously it's a a pretty similar team to the to last year and you know i think they a lot of people were talking pretty down on them and i think they had a chance to to have a good year and win the central, but um, obviously that's a little uh, dis- disappointing and hopefully we get to see how the central plays out. But I, I think I was really excited for uh, kind of that, that one spot central one bid central um, that I expected this year. And, and then also just, you know, I'll give a shout out to, to my rays um, out there, out there in, in Tampa. I, Hell of a program. Hell of a program. Hell of a program down there. G-Man Choi making it, making it thrive. Um, you know, I was, I'm, the two teams that I love watching the most every summer, and I mentioned earlier, Gross Royals Tigers game, but mm-hmm. the two teams that I'll, I'll just always sit down and watch, like four o'clock game, the, the A's and Rays, man. They're they, yeah. they always you know given 
given their rosters before the year, no one wants to talk about them. And um, but well, it's the specific- Rays, I mean, specifically the Rays this year, they're yeah. going to be really good this year. And, and I mean, it's it's unbelievable that like you know they've what they've built in the division where there's uh, teams that are spending some. I mean, two of the biggest heavy hitters in terms of how money is spent. What they've built, considering what they lose all the time, beautiful. is a miracle. Absolutely, a, a damn near miracle. And what, yeah, I mean, you just look at that rotation of Morton, Glassnow, Snell, um, and then Yarbrough kind of as that fourth guy and uh, as an opener, and just some of those guys out of the pin, like Anderson and Castillo. They were going to, they're just unbelievable staff this year. And, and, you know, the offense does enough. Um, a couple additions like Jose Martinez, um, they just hit enough home runs. And yeah, I was excited to kind of see them grow from what they were last year because obviously that took the Astros to five games last year in the playoffs and yeah, you know, barring the first four batters that glass now faced, um, he was, they were right in that game. And so, uh, you know, I was excited to see kind of what they're able to do. As you mentioned, you know, the Yankees are going to be the big talk of the AL well, East, but, but the Rays the are there, man. People will argue the Yankees are the best team in baseball this year. And it's a totally valid argument, but I don't think also at the same time, we'd be shocked to see if the Rays, if the Rays had won the division or what, you know, do win the division. Yeah. And that is so absurd to say in the division where the Red Sox and you know I mean Toronto obviously is built off a lot of young talent and those guys are going to be good eventually but I mean you've got three other teams that are pretty much consistently trying to win and the Blue Jays the the Yankees and the Red Sox always trying to win and nobody would have been shocked if the Rays had um, people would have been shocked last year the Rays had beaten the the Astros and they came pretty close right obviously in, in, in that game five but yeah I mean that's one of those stories that I think would have crept up on people um, to your Cubs. I want to, I just wanted to mention this because they used to be this fun team, right? I mean, you remember them being more fun and you know, all these young guys and the pressure cooker has just continued to turn up in a way that now it's not as fun as it used to be. Right. And, and it felt like it was a window where they could win more than one championship and baseball is very fickle, but, and now it's all about, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go, who's going to, you know, and that's the one thing with these, these big money contracts in baseball is that you can only afford one guy. Brian, you know, Brian or Baez and which, uh, which guy, whose camp are you in when it comes to that conversation? And what's that like? I mean, just kind of the, the pressure cooker now, because David Ross got a ton of pressure in your Yeah, man. It's, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty bizarre situation to be a Cubs fan. You know, you, you, I spent at least most of my life as a Cubs fan, as sort of a fan of the lovable losers and you win that world series and create the expectations. And it's not something that I was used to. Um, and so I think now, yeah, you mentioned it, it's less fun. Uh, the the past couple of years have have kind of sucked, <laughs> you know. The there's the expectations there, and there's just so much. Feels like there's so much pressure, and you know, just looking at Cubs Twitter, every every game you lose is every everyone's a disaster. And right, uh, I think now, yeah, they're in a very interesting spot. Obviously, Bryant was on the trading block, at least reportedly, a lot of this off season, and you know, he's only a, a few years removed from winning MVP, and now people want him gone. I I don't know. It's a a bizarre situation. I think between those two guys, to answer your question, I, I think you can't you can't let Javi walk. I think you you have Javier yeah. Baez has to be a Cub, and I think it's it's in part because in a big part because what he does on the field, and but it, it's also you know, I've, I've seen tweets um, from Bleacher Nation, who's a, a great Cubs writer, great Cubs blog. Mm-hmm. Just how, how wrong would it feel to see? as a Cubs fan to see Javier Baez in a different yeah. uniform. Like how much would that hurt? You know, uh, have a player like that and you grew and you grew into a star and you let him, well, I mean, that's why you get players, right? It's when yeah. people were discussing, you know, I was thought back to people discussing, you know, like Bryce Harper, like leaving. I mean, 
I mean, I, you know, you, you think about it, it's just weird to see a player like that who it's like, you know, watching him walk. It'd be weird to see Strasburg walk last year. Like, that's why the, you know, that's why the the, um, the Nats couldn't let him walk is because you grew that guy. He is your yeah. guy. And he was, he was, you know, the savior and he manifested like that. And when a player like that manifests, you just can't let them, this is why we play the game. This is why you get players like that, right? Yeah. And, and you know, Brian's homegrown too, you know, right, he's, right. and, and so I think, yeah, that's what makes it so tough about both of them is that they're, but I mean, I Bryant was good, but I just it, with Javi, it feels a little different. I, and I don't know why. I don't know why because Bryant won an MVP, but Javi just seems to have a bit more of like this kinetic energy around him that people believe that. I don't know. I'm not sure what. I mean, maybe you can speak to that. But and I, they are both homegrown guys, but he just seems to be like the homegrown, the hometown favorite. Even though, for sure, you know, I don't know why. I think Bryant, you more or less know what you're gonna get. If that makes sense. I mean, he's going to be pretty consistent. He's going to strike out a fair amount. He's going to hit for enough power. He's going to play a solid third base. With Javi, it's you know what you're going to get as a baseline, but also anytime he's on base, anytime he's in the batter's box, anytime he's at short, he could you don't you don't know what's going to happen in a yeah. great in a great way. It's he's electric. A, he's he's electric in baseball in a way baseball usually is not. Exactly. And so I think just the I mean his nickname's Almago. You know, he's the he's the magician out there. He right. steals home. He just makes plays that no one should make and um just how he can just ignite a fan base is is pretty rare to see. Yeah, especially in a sport like baseball, just the his everything he does on the field, no one wants to miss an at bat. No one wants to miss a play that he's making and and I think Brian's more of just a he's solid every day. He's you you know what you're going to get, but he's not going to provide that same excitement um, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 just even the basic things, the fundamental things that that Javi does. It's still must see television. Yeah, I th- and, and I think what's exciting, you know, think about players like Javi Baez and I think about Juan Soto and the the game is changing a lot in terms of how it's, you know, the, like the old crustiness is coming to starting to come off of it in a lot of ways. And I love that about it. And I think there's, you know, people complain about how Mike Trout is like not the face of, you know, or not enough the face of baseball, Rob Manfred. I could care less. I, I, I mean, I, I love, I see it both ways. Like if Mike Trout doesn't want to talk, he doesn't have to. Yes. All he, he can just be the best baseball player, you know, arguably on track of being the best baseball player, maybe of all time and say, I don't want to talk. Um, that's fine with me. And Rob Manfred, it's not, you know, it's not Mike Trout's job to carry baseball. If he doesn't want to, there are guys who will lean into it like a Baez, like a Soto and, you know, I think the way that people are, you know, celebrating more, you're seeing a lot more bat flipping. Like baseball is starting to, it needs to trend toward guys like Baez. That's that's the way it needs to go. And I think money wise, Baez, like in terms of what he brings you as a face the franchise, is higher, which is weird to say about a player who's um, not American. And I'm not saying this, you know, like in any racial context, but like it's it is more difficult. You know, it's odd that you'd. Well, you lean away from the um, you lean away from the American kid and go somewhere else. But I think that's cool. I think that's different, and um, it's a situation that is, you know, I hope there's I hope there's there's more of those. You know, uh, guys like a you know like a Mookie Betts, like you know his free agency was a whole saga, and that's good. That's that's what you want it to be. Like it needs baseball needs to be more player centric in the way basketball is, in the way we follow people's free agencies. That's what you want. You want these. You know, you want these, and you know, we can appreciate the teams, but sports is a lot of times about stars, especially in the money side of things. And, um, you know, sometimes you can make the wrong decision if you go with what's best for the bottom line. But also, too, bias on the field is is ridiculous. And I think it's that's what's exciting too. Like when you when you take these electric players 
and you add in something like the Astros scandal, like baseball, like I don't care what people say, the Astros stuff was great for baseball. <laughs> and I think we would have seen that immediately play. There's not a doubt in my mind that, that what happened to the Astros it was one of the best things that has happened to Major League Baseball in years. It's exciting. It's antagonistic in a way the game is not. And sports is narrative-driven. They had 81 road games. We could, I mean, they, we're going to see them go to Yankee Stadium. We're going to see them, you know, see them go up against teams, um, you know, that that they played, that they cheated against. You know, I think that I believe the Nationals game they're going to play you know, this year in July 4th, and that's Park. You know, there's there's a lot of animosity still there. You know, even though the Nationals beat them, I mean, they were going to get, you know, they're going to be this crazy story. And so I think that is one thing too. Is just I'm upset. You know, it got it got taken away from us, but. I like the way baseball is changing. I, yep. I, I think this is kind of a fun way to sit back and be like, damn, I was so excited for the season to start in a way that I hadn't been in a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, every, every Astros game was going to be must-see television, especially right. these road games. Might have even filled up the trap um, for, for yeah. one of those games. Yeah. Uh, probably not, but maybe. Uh, half capacity. But, but yeah, I, I think – Baseball is trending in the direction it needs to, and you're still going to have these old-time guys who, who have issues with it. You know, and, and talking about Javi Baez, the thing that just came to mind was when he, you know, the the Cubs Reds, Reds bring in Kyle Farmer, position player to pitch, and Baez bats lefty and, and flies right. out. Right. Um, and there are people who took issue with that, who took so much issue with the That's disrespect true. for the game, and you know, there there's just this old this old-time way is just not relatable to. To people nowadays and, yeah. and there's still the, the baseball purists that are going to be out there and and all i think all baseball players have a little bit of that in them but at the same time it's very important to recognize the way baseball is heading the way baseball can thrive and mm-hmm. what's so exciting about these players like Baez, like juan soto like the, the tim andersons of the world mm-hmm. you know who are uh, are, are fun to watch and not because right. they are playing fundamental baseball and because it's just pure and, and beautiful America's pastime. It's because they're exciting and what they're yeah. doing and they're incredibly talented and they know they're incredibly talented and are having fun with that and are mm-hmm. having a lot of fun being themselves while playing baseball, which I think can preach to well, youths everywhere too who are yeah. want to play baseball. Because it, and the thing about baseball is like it is such a local sport. Like that's why those local TV contracts and that's why like you know Cubs made their own TV channel. That's why those the, you know some of these channels like Mass and Mass and Two exist just for Orioles and Nationals games. It, it is such a localized sport that it is good to see it transition to where there's star power. Like a lot of times when you and I are getting ready for baseball season, I'm excited to watch the Nationals games. I'm excited, you know, and, and how I learn about other teams, you know, I obviously have a working understanding, but I learn about other teams when they come to town to play my team. That's when I'm able to hear my announcer, you know, t- you know, that's the way the broadcasters do it. You know, that's where you hear them give the notes about certain players. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that about him. I didn't know he was drafted this year, whatever. And you care. That's how we, that's how baseball is seen by, you know, how many games are. It's just hard to watch more than your team's games with how many baseball games are, how long the games are. This, it's important. That's now getting this kind of national face turn and there's compelling stories. That's not, you know, Cheating's bad, but steroids were happening across the league. And so it was like that was an entire sport that was just had a cheating issue. And that's a problem. The the thing with the Astros now is it's singular, you know, it's 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 this really awesome, really good team that is now a, a literal and figurative target for people. Um, and it was going to be so magnetic to see how that all played out. And it's, it's still going to be. I mean, the, 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 you yeah. know. They're going to be, um, they're going to get projectiles thrown their way. 
Um, yeah, they, they've, that's going to be great. They've they look, delayed they have, they have that team to win. They have, they have a good enough team to win this year, and the, big, the best way to stick it to everybody is by going and winning a title clean, and you could say, can't take this one from us. You know, and and I, I was going to be – I was excited to see how they would do that too. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think you – you mentioned, you know, it's it's definitely not what people are talking about right now because of the world that we're living in. But people aren't going to forget people whenever we do have baseball uh, and the Astros come to town. I think people will remember um, what they did. And so uh, whenever that does happen, I think it'll obviously it's disappointing. It's not happening now and that it's it's delayed. But whenever we do get baseball again, we're still going to get that that excitement and that fun from these Astros games, because, yeah, I think they're. It, it stemmed, if it was a really bad team that was cheating, it'd right. be less fun. It would be less fun. And so I think, yeah, how the Astros, if they don't do well this year, then everyone is going to be 100% sure and just say that they only succeeded because they cheated. And so I think right. it's equally important for them to have a good year so that they can kind of back up what they did and say, hey, like we, yeah, we shouldn't have cheated, but we were still really good and we were still the best team in baseball and, and, and so see if they can see, back that up. To see Dusty Baker take over that team as somebody, you know, and, and look, I'll be honest, I was wrong about this. I said, I thought that Dusty actually needed one more year because I think what happens in the sports so often and the Nationals and the Capitals are two good examples of this. Teams just get so close a bunch and you're like, well, they're never going to win. And then it's like when you kind of least expect it, oh, they actually got it done, right? Yeah. Like Bryce Harper leaves and it's like, oh, they actually got it done this year. You know, the Capitals, that was not their best team that won. It's like, uh, but actually, they just—they just got over the hump. Wow, St. Louis Blues last year—you know—they're the worst team in the league in January, and it's like—and you know—they're they, not winning. You know, they win like barely any home games in the playoffs, and those—and you know, it's like oh, that was kind of random, but you know, it just kind of comes together and works. And uh, I thought Dusty—you know—it might have worked. It clicked for him, and it, and it didn't. And he's now got his last act, and his last act as a manager is going to be in the most unique situation for a team. Maybe in you know the last 20, 30 years for a baseball team, and I've been saying this a bunch. He seemed to be the most sorry person about what happened, even though he wasn't there, which was very yeah. odd. <laughs> but um, you know, I think that's it's always a fun connection too. And the reason why I like talking about this stuff is that like we can still get excited when the season happens. You know, I'm, we're having these conversations right now, not to make you lament that it's people lament that it's gone, but just get excited when it comes back because when it comes back. The, all these things are going to happen. You know, these, these people aren't going away. It's not going forever. Now, will you be able to be there and see the game in person? Maybe not. But still, I mean, you know, the, the crowds have been interesting, but, like, we wanted to see how the players treated you know, the Astros players. And I'm just, I think it's compelling. And don't forget, folks, it's not going away. It's going to come back. Just yeah. be patient. Be patient. I, I just, I, I, end up, I, 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 and I keep saying this, as somebody who's got a podcast, it is better for me if baseball is back. Yes. And, you know, it's hard to keep coming up with content. Like, I'm about to do a series where it's, like, you know, funny na- players in Nationals history. I remember some of our favorites, like, Lastings Millage and Nigel Morgan and John Roush, <laughs> all quality Nationals. Very, you know, very Chaka- quality. Yeah, talk about some Levon Hernandez, you know. <laughs> uh, Kurt Suzuki's first hit with the Nationals. People, <laughs> I totally forgot that happened. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for us, but uh, just it's coming back, people. Just, you know, and... And Ben, I appreciate you taking the time to join me to get to share your story and your emotions because, I mean, it's something that, you know, a lot of us uh, don't get. And there's a large group of people like you who are, you know, I mentioned the Azabukis and the Ionescus of the world. They, they are going to get to play basketball again, right? And there's a lot of kids, you know, the NCAA is offering an opportunity for people like you to, you know, to come back. But financially, for a lot of families and a lot of schools, you know, we saw the University of Wisconsin say, spring athletes, you may not come back next year. And 
they're doing that because of budget reasons. They just can't yeah. afford the scholarships um, to keep those kids, you know, when there's no sports happening. And, and for families, you know, it's baseball is a, at all levels is a partial revenue sport. You know, not a lot of guys getting full rides on baseball teams at, at the, you know, division one and three levels. And, you know, it's a player like you, like you could go back to school next year. Correct. But, but for you, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think there, there's one, one guy um, on, on my team. who was a senior who uh, might play a year um, at a different school, but, but yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense. And especially when you have, again, your, if your plan is to play baseball, play a different sport after college, you're a little more flexible in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, taking another year or um, going somewhere else to play and, and kind of figuring out on, as that's part of your road. But, you know, for people like myself, you know, you kind of have this, this four-year plan and then you got to start working. You got to start um, your, your, your life afterwards. And so while the extra year is a possibility, it's just not really feasible for, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of athletes in my situation. Um, and yeah, and there's so many complications with, uh, financially with with individuals and with the school so i think it's it's great that the ncaa did allow spring athletes to have that that extra year but it's still it just doesn't mean it's there for people to to, to take right. which is yeah. a, a lot more hurdles but there's only so much you can do yeah yeah and that's upsetting but um you know it's it's we i guess life life goes on you know it's that's all we can kind of say at this point and um yeah you know it's, I mean, for yeah, for you, it's it, my heart goes out to you and people like you and sure. students everywhere too. But we're all suffering, you know. Everybody is suffering at some point in time, and, and I appreciate you know your perspective because um, it's good to hear you know that you went through that experience, and we're all you know experiencing this differently. But how you got through it and um, how you're getting through it still, obviously, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing experience. But um, you know, baseball, like I said, it is going to be back, and uh, and. We just have to be. I just, I just have to wait a little bit longer and look out for each other. I think it's the big thing too. Is that this thing does not come back any faster if we don't take care of each other too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Ben. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for having me on.